Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You know that fresh produce is the best produce. That's why at Kroger, we invest in local farmers to bring you seasonal picks that taste fresh from the farm good, like sweet corn, refreshing watermelon, and juicy peaches. So whether you're a delivery lover, a picker-upper, or you shop in-store, your local produce always tastes 100% fresh, or you get a 100% refund guaranteed. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Hey now, it's Brace for Impact, and I'm your host, Mike Gilbert, and I'm joined as always by J.D. by God Oliva. How you doing, J.D.? Decent? I'm decent. How are you? Hey, decent is better than shitty, so that's good. I took care of that before the show. I, text, <laughs> yeah. I texted you to yeah. make sure you knew. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, uh, you about ready, man? He goes, hold on, let me take a 20-minute shit. And uh, he sure did. Brother, we got to clear out our, our bowels sometimes, and I like <laughs> to do it in comfort. I don't want to rush it. When you're in yeah. that moment, you have peace, you have serenity. Why make that a fast experience? It, you know what? And it's a lot of, you know, it's the time that dads get to be by themselves. You know, yes. sometimes you have to take that extra time uh, in the bathroom to get some peace and quiet. Yes. I just put the kid to bed. It was nice. It was peaceful. It was me and my phone. I had kids wrestling tonight. And just it's um, it's a lot when you do the little kids. It's a lot. Yeah. Well, if uh, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, you will notice that I'm wearing a Macho Man Randy Savage t-shirt. Um, and that's in honor of, uh, well, he wasn't Macho Man, but Macho Man's brother, um, the genius Leaping Lanny Poffo. He passed away, I believe he was 68 years old. Sad, sad man. Sad, yeah. It's sad, man. He was, he was a really cool character when I was a kid. Um, I, I always loved that genius character and I, I was surprised they never really brought him back after that, after the whole falling out with, uh, with Randy Savage, they, they, they brought it. Yeah, I know, but they, they, they brought him in, um, for the hall of fame and that was about it. And they did the macho man documentary, but I thought we would at least get like some, some play with him as the genius on WWE TV. But after what, 1990, 1991, something like that, he was gone and he never came back. 93. Cause remember he was the manager. He was the manager of the Beverly Brothers. Oh, that's right. Okay, yeah, I remember that now. He was the most uh, memorable part of the act because like, it makes me laugh every time. Every few months, somebody discovers the Shaker Heights spike for the first time. 
the Beverly Brothers just ridiculous finisher where they back body drop and literally pick a dude's head up and drive it into the mat. Like it's yeah. the gnar- to this day the gnarliest finisher. Like nobody really remembers the Beverly, even from our generation, remembers really the Beverly Brothers. But I think a lot of people remember the genius's poems, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, well, that was- and he, he was doing that from the early 80s as oh, yeah. Lenny Puffo, and then he uh, turned into the genius. I, I, I remember him most as part of uh, Mr. Perfect's Entourage. That's um, doing that stuff. He has a Saturday Night Live, Saturday, Live, Saturday Night's main event win over Hulk Hogan as the genius. He does. Yes. Yeah, yeah, he does. One of the few people Hogan, I'm not going to say did a job for because it was a disqualification, but uh, it's, you know, I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure uh, a lot of people were shocked in that. It probably was at like fall of 1990, winter mm-hmm. 1991, something like that. Whenever that, uh, Hogan uh, perfect feud took place. So um, it's weird to like have your biggest claim to fame be that you read poems and that you're macho man's brother and you know, that you could fellatiate yourself was the other rumor about. (laughs) Yeah. And well, besides all that, he was like um, one of the first guys, I know the Guerreros and stuff did it on the West coast, but he was one of the first guys that was doing moonsaults and Mm -hmm. he would do springboards too. He would do a springboard plancha to the outside. Um, And I had never seen people do that before. And uh, he was the guy doing that stuff. Hot take Lanny Poffo a little ahead of his time. Uh, He was way ahead of his time. Honestly, I think that if his, if, um, you know, it seemed like to me just from interviews that he did, and I could be totally way off base, but it seemed like, you know, his brother was so good and was such yeah. a star and was so overbearing and kind of controlled him in a lot of ways that he really never broke out of his shell and became a star when he, he did have some talent. Now, I'm not saying the guy mm-hmm. would have been a, a huge hit everywhere or anything like that, but the guy had a lot of charisma. And, you know, and he could do some moves. Could he work good matches? That I don't know. I, you know, you hear people say that in Kentucky, whenever, um, was it the IWA? IWA. Was that what it called? IWA. IWA, like him and Randy as a tag team were pretty good. And then he had some good singles matches as a babyface there. And so you hear that stuff, but I just never really saw him have like really good matches. Well, it's funny because like we, we were fans of WWF when, you know, the 80s, right? WWF yeah. wasn't about good matches. It just wasn't oh. like hmm. you had the hearts and the bulldogs and that would be like it as far as good matches go. Like they were really all about like the quote unquote story, right? I'm not going to yeah. say storytelling rings. That's going to get convoluted. But I mean, like, like the NWA was the place that the Crockett had the matches, you know, mid South yeah. had the matches. They had like Saturday morning stuff. Right. But it wasn't about that, which is weird. Cause all those guys got broken down and didn't have like these grueling matches. Right. Isn't that crazy? Um, but, but they all, they, they, they went like every day, right? So they were on tour all the time. So they, and sometimes doing shots two days a week. Whereas, you know, I know they did work a lot in the NWA territory. Two shots a mainly. day, you not two yeah. shots a week. Two shots a day. Yeah, that's that, that's what I meant. Two shots yeah. a day. Yeah, and so the the WWF was they were riding hard in the eighties, and that's mm-hmm. why they got broken down because it was all of the. You know, the bumps, which they didn't take that many, but it was the steroids, it was the cocaine, it was the booze, and it was the weightlifting and all the travel. You compile that all yeah. to one. That's a that's a toxic compound to end up paralyzed or dead early. And that's why we saw a lot of those guys gone, right? Uh, a lot. Age. A lot. It's been – I mean, you think about it. Like, think about the whole Poffle family. They're all gone now, right? Yeah. And they aren't that old. And I guess you talk about, like, Randy being such a dominating presence in that, like – 
is that surprising to hear about like the with just that no. guy's personality the best though the best i think we have to give lanny his respect as one of the all-time oh, workers i i know you're gonna bring you it up i wanted to bring it up but you got I it got first, you. So go ahead I got you you. go for this it. dude so randy savage <laughs> bought the gimmick of gorgeous george the very first television professional wrestling star another guy who rode hard and died way too early um yeah. <clears throat> he bought the gimmick of gorgeous george from gorgeous a guy who was gorgeous george the third who wcw made the maestro right so our mm-hmm. wcw fandom stuff they were going to give it to lanny Poffo, and they never did they never got around to it so this dude was employed by wcw for five years making <laughs> six figures a year six figures plus per year to do absolutely mm-hmm. nothing yeah and eventually it went to his uh big boobed you know, hot, crazy girlfriend, Randy Savage, not, not Lanny Poffo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that, that is his absolute greatest accomplishment. He worked for WCW for five years and never did anything. Never worked. Never did anything. Never um, showed up on TV. No, he wasn't on creative. He wasn't in production. He was making six figures a year to do absolutely nothing. And they had to pay him because if they did it, Randy Savage would walk. Now, Eric Bischoff, will tell you that was just Slim Jim money that they allocated over to Lanny Poffo, whatever. Hey, could be true, could not be true. Who cares? Who am I to say? But um, that that is an incredible accomplishment. Eric Bishop will have some podcasts now where he tells people how they should be running their businesses. Never forget that. <laughs> never, yeah. for, never forget that Eric Bishop <laughs> is out there telling people how to run their business, yet he had many people under long-term contracts that never saw the light of day in that company. <laughs> I didn't yeah. know that was even true until I read Alvarez's book. Isn't that – that's mm-hmm. just – that's just all time right there. And again, he's the only reason why Randy Savage is in the WWE Hall of Fame. Lanny yeah. made that deal because he was the last person left in his family and thought the fans would want to see it. And he was right. Yes, he he was right. And unfortunately, um, somebody else was right this week. Um, and JD, oh, yeah. that, that person was you. Um, you're doing something. You're doing. I don't I'm know doing, what you're doing. I'm, I'm sorry. Not great I'm radio. Sorry. Yeah, Not no, great I was, radio. I was. I got distracted. My bad. So it's okay. I was typing up this banner here. So, oh. um, I had been saying I probably since October mm-hmm. that Matt Cardona was not only going to leave Impact, but he's headed to WWE, and that he would in fact be in the Royal Rumble. And then. A friend of ours who has had like a lot of stuff, he gets it right. Like he really does. He's got more hits than misses. I'll give him that. Yeah. I I would say the batting percentage is pretty damn good. And so I felt comfortable running with this thing. Now I didn't like draft up like an exclusive report. We just talk bullshit on our show, but I felt pretty comfortable saying like, Hey, I heard this and I think it's true. We heard from our buddy that Matt Cardona was in fact going to be in the Royal Rumble. Cardona was going around. I think he trademarked uh, Zack Ryder and woo, 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 you know it, which made me think that he's going back to WWE. But there was one guy who stayed constant who thought he wasn't going back, and that was you, J.D. The floor is yours. Sir, I'd like to bring into evidence the fact that Matt Cardona applied for those trademarks. As I said last week, if one were to be returning to WWE, one would not be one would not be claiming these trademarks as their own. The world, world wrestling, I almost call it the World Wrestling Federation, talking about Lanny Pano, <laughs> Lanny Poffo. World Wrestling Entertainment, I'm not even sure if that's the name of the company anymore, uh, would apply, would, ha- would have those trademarks ready to go, sir. And I said, it doesn't make sense. Now, I said I could see him doing a shot in the Rumble, but he is not returning to the WWE. And 
I, in fact, am correct. He is not <laughs> returning to the WWE because I don't think they want him, and I don't think he wants to go back. But I think part of his gimmick is he wants to go back to WWE. I, right. I do think that's what the gimmick has become, right? Because yeah. it's the perfect next step for the Matt Cardona character. So I have a wild theory. Okay. Love him. Please bring it on. And I did I didn't put this in our group chat because um it's pretty stupid. So I want to be stupid in front of more people. Are are you telling me it's too are you telling me it's too stupid for the brace for impact (laughs) chat? Now I can't wait to hear what you've got to say. Well, it's it's so stupid that I think a few of those guys in there would run with it, kind of like the whole (laughs) Jeff Jeff Jarrett is buying uh, impact that I was fucking around with. Um, that actually that got did, some traction out there. That, like, did, that did catch wind. I couldn't, I saw that around. I'm like, Mike made this shit up. People are actually talking yeah. about this. Okay. I, Rover, so, what's your plan? JD, I, I still think, I still think um, Matt Cardona's days in impact are numbered. I don't um, think you're wrong. And, and if, and if you, if you take a look at the impact tapings um, and you see, you know, where they're kind of headed for no surrender, I think Matt Cardona is leaving relatively soon. I do think that Zack Ryder will debut an impact soon because oh, impact impact loves the WWE IP. Really? They, do you, do they, they just, love it? I can't tell. They this do. Week. They, they, they trademark Santino and he is, he was on every, every single segment. segment of like, I'm surprised he wasn't the referee in the main event. The guy was all over the show. They love that WWE IP. I think they think there's value in that. I think that Impact thinks, and I disagree with them, but I think they think that there's more value in Zack Ryder being on their show than there is Matt Cardona, and I think that he's going to get killed off the show and come back as Zack Ryder. Oh, God, that could happen. Um... (laughs) NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away. Specifically, the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. I just went to my happy place. I just went to Maui, and it was truly amazing. Priceline has always been about getting you to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else, like up to 60% off select hotels in Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. For the record, one of Impact's writers writers was the only person to back uh, Michael Elgin's um, GoFundMe today. So you know, oh, I I wasn't going to talk about him because oh, I was. You know, Why not? Uh, he's a turd. <laughs> Let's talk he, about he, the turd. <laughs> I just didn't want to give the guy any attention. But oh, it, how it, do you Impact... not laugh at this? This mother, <laughs> yeah, I'm saying this motherfucker wants a hundred grand to start a podcast. And JD, like, can can we start a Kickstarter? You know how to do those. I start a Kickstarter to fund our podcast. I don't know how we'd ever repay anybody, but <laughs> what's the beautiful part about about crowdfunding? <laughs> you don't have to. Oh, that's There's, true. Yeah. Oh, bro, I could tell you stories. There are so many Kickstarters that never go anywhere. 
right? They just take the money and run. It's happened oh, several times. That's that's creepy. There's one guy who, and I'm not kidding you, he had this book where uh, it got like $900,000 in the early days of Kickstarter, right? And he couldn't get it done on time because back in the, like when I do mine, I always have it done, right? So people get it pretty quick. There are people that did it so they would fund them working on the thing. And it was years later and people were like, when am I going to get my book? So this dude was making YouTube videos of him lighting his books on fire because he was mad about people asking where they were. And there's nothing uh. they could do about it. Because that's how yes. crowdfunding works, which is essentially what you're doing if you mm-hmm. give money to Michael Elgin's kick, uh, GoFundMe campaign to start a <laughs> podcast. You're basically watching him light money on fire, which apparently Jimmy Jacobs loves. So, you know, anything's possible in impact. Yeah. So you, you think you think we could get Zach Ryder? Thanks for steering me back home. Um, mm-hmm. Why? I mean, honestly, honestly. We're seeing a lot of influx of WWE-ness, more so than usual yeah. on Impact. I think we could do it. And honestly, I'm ready. I was ready to shit on it. But Cardona can make it work, man. He, I, I think he can. I, I think the key to making it work is he has to stay heel. Now, here's the yes, because no one's yeah. going to cheer him with that. Now, here's the question. Do they hit him on the head and he forgets that he's Matt Cardona and thinks he's Zack Ryder? <laughs> Cactus is, Jack. <laughs> are we going to, yes. I was going to go full on Brady Bunch. Are you going to get hit yeah. in the head with a frying pan and think you're another human being? Is that the route they're going to go? Because after watching tonight's show, I could see it. I So here, so here's Mike Gilbert's attempt at being John Muse. This is oh. how Mike Gilbert, this is how Mike Gilbert would book it. Okay. He fights, let's say no surrender. Oh, we, should call he, these mu- we should call these musings. Musings, that's right, and then yeah. and then we can we need to get John like on the show. We need the guy on the that. show. By we the keep way, keep saying that. It's been like a year. Yeah. We keep saying this, but yeah. But we we need to lead him, like get some clips of him saying how bad our ideas are. So here's, here's how <laughs> here's how Mike Gilbert would do it. And I think it's very simple. We have Joe Hendry versus Matt Cardona. If Matt Cardona doesn't win the digital media title, Matt Cardona gets fired from Impact. Oh God, Midnight Rider, and and then he comes back. And Zach Ryder, Santino's stupid, doesn't know the difference, and hires him back and puts him on the show. He's like, oh, I, I have not seen you in years. And then because they were together in 2013 and when Santino was famous. so. Oh, God. It would, it would be like a play in that, the old Midnight Rider <laughs> gimmick, and it's so freaking yeah. stupid. I could absolutely see them doing it. Mike, yeah. I think you just spoke it into reality. I. <laughs> it's such a bad idea that yeah. I think they're going to do it. Yeah, I, I I think they're gonna do it too. Um, you know what? I I told I told Scott E. Wrestling that we were gonna have him come on after the uh, after the Impact review, but I think he's in the green room. So bring him in. Me the, if he um, here, I'm gonna text him here to oh, see if okay. he. Well, he, I can't see his uh, video. He doesn't have his video up yet. Um, I'll, I'll just tell him to. I'll tell him to give me the. I'll just say, give me the thumbs up. Give him okay, the Iggy. Sounds good, man. Oh, okay, sounds good, man. I'll jump in early and and uh, just oh, he's just in the green room. Never mind, he's oh, just he's in the green room. Okay. okay, yeah, he's just in the green room. So hey, guys, we're gonna go ahead and get into the impact recap. Um, if you want to listen to more of the show and you want to get some uh, really cool extra premium content, head over to Patreon.com/slash/FightGameMedia. We do have a few news stories to talk about with Impact. They signed some new talent, or they re-signed some old talent, or whatever we want to call it. Um, and then we got um. 
we got some AEW news and Ring of Honor news to talk about. Um, and we're going to bring on Scott E. Wrestling from the Five Star Joshi Pod. So we're going to have him on. He's 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 got some ideas. He's got some ideas for some Joshi talent that are currently working in the States that have openly um, expressed interest in working for Impact. And he's going to tell us all about it. Scott is the – I'm not over-exaggerating. This. Scott has become the Joshi guy in wrestling media like this dude works his ass off and he's everywhere he's in voices wrestling he's in fightful every honest to god i was like this can't be the same dude this can't be our scott and it was i was shocked (laughs) this dude now he's a hustler because i'm like i cannot believe he's everywhere like in a very short time he has literally made himself the guy in the u.s as far as knowing about joshi it's super commendable it's respectable like so what what he's doing yeah, what he's doing with Joji content is what I was trying to do with Impact content, but I only want to do one show a week. <laughs> so. And then you got hooked up with me, and now this is a joke. So, I mean, like, <laughs> it totally flushed our credibility down the toilet, forcing we didn't have any. Yeah, so stick uh, stick around if you're on Patreon. Um, we're going we're gonna to get into some Joshi talk. But first, we're going to get into a BTI, and on BTI, Jonathan Gresham defeated Aiden Prince. And that was talking BTI. Thank you, folks. Thank you for talking BTI with us. That's all I got. Um, our buddy Josiah said it was a really good match, and that everybody should go take a look at it. Uh, Aiden Prince is a talented kid, by the way. Uh, un- unfortunately, he just um, destroyed his knee. I saw it on Facebook. Mm. The guy destroyed his knee. He is going to be out for a long time. He, you know, he didn't really say, um, but uh, yeah, he he's just going to be out for a while. He just had knee surgery, so oh, who knows, oh. man? Yeah, t- tough break for him. He's uh, Impact really likes this guy. I think he's a Scott Demore trainee, and they've been bringing him uh, since the pandemic's been over. They've been bringing him back a lot more, and uh, they were giving him another shot here. And uh, bummer, man, bummer. He uh, he hurt his knee, but uh, Josiah said it was a really good match. Want to hear a hot take? Yeah. I miss Scott Moore on this show. Uh, you know what? Uh, so this was the Santino Morella show. Okay. Before we yes, get into was. the show, this was the Santino Morella show. If Scott Demore was on the show as much as Santino Morella was, we would have said the same shit. It's just too damn much of the same guy. Santino was doing the exact same stuff that Scott Demore was doing it. He's just using a funny accent, right? So they got to switch it up, man. Funny? Because – well, last, that's what his attempt last week i i said it was a little more subtle I'm like i could do this that subtlety was gone this week this was yeah. the subtlety of a tack hammer against my face like this was way it worked for one skit and the rest of it was bad and that one skit was great by the way one skit was great yeah, <laughs> yeah i laughed we'll, really we'll hard there. we'll get yeah. there yeah, yeah the we'll, we'll get bad. there but yeah, it was just it was a Santina Santino Morella show and way too much you said, Santino. You just said Santina. Now that's gonna be a thing. Thanks a lot. Well, you know he's gonna go for the knockouts t- championship. I'm aware. I've been hoping yeah. that you didn't say that and speak it into reality. Now it's gonna be a thing. <laughs> yeah. So they open with a recap of the golden shower match from last week that uh, Rich Swan won. And the first match was awesome, by the way. Uh Bullet Club, Chris Bay and Ace Austin defeated Kevin Knight and Kushida. I loved this match. I really like this Kevin Knight guy. You know, I know, I know Kushida is kind of a New Japan legend, but this Kevin Knight guy is somebody somebody that they could really get behind if they're able to get more dates on the kid. Um, and I know that I think he's actually going to be in Vegas for No Surrender, so it looks like he's going to be around a while. So, uh, but I, I, Oh, yeah, he's the man. I really, really enjoyed this match. Um, great, lots of cool big time moves. They they had a chicken uh off, I guess, where you know where you play chicken where you're on mm-hmm. top of each other's shoulders. They had that. Um, cool. 
Yeah, uh, I I just really really enjoyed it. No, I did too. This is a um, except for the chicken spot, it was a very like uh, New Japan Junior Heavyweight tag styled affair, yeah. and I really enjoyed it, man. It's uh, it was a good way to break into the show this week. You know, yeah, it was good. Yeah, it it was it was really really good, man. Um, next we go to the design. Uh, talking about Callahan failing to win this golden hmm. six shooter match last week. Diener said that he failed to step, uh, failed in step three and there's seven deadly steps to be part of the design. But unlike now, he never received mercy. Diener would extend mercy to Callahan. So there you go. Um, so Jeremy Finestone, um, Batman, f- Batman fan legend and co host of your guys' podcast, what's it called? Par- Parallel Worlds. Parallel Worlds. And you guys just had an episode earlier this week, yeah. right? Talking some DCU. Yeah, DCU is relaunching. James Gunn is doing Superman. Swamp Thing is going to be a thing. Uh, yeah, Jeremy and I talked about the new stuff. Highly recommend it. So he reached out to me and he wanted to know, this is a question for the show, is oh. do they have a requirement to shave your head to be in a part of the design? And the answer is yes, unless you're Joe Doring, you have to shave your head. But Joe Doring's like, fuck you, I'm not shaving my head. Joe Doring would say, fuck you to this whole thing and beat everybody up and walk away. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, uh, so we got a video airing of Steph DeLander debuting soon. I guess she was in NXT for a little bit, got fired, but now Don't she's know. here. Um, I'm so, okay. Okay. I'm okay with this. I'm yeah, okay me too. with this signing. I think I don't know much about her, but these are the kind of people I think impact not just former WWE people, but like you know, um, people on the indies that we don't know who they are. These are the people they should be stocking up with, not big con. A- yeah, yeah. So Steph Delander was an NXT trainee, but she never really got going on that promotion. I think her name was Persia Parada. Oh, okay. That's who she was. She was Persia Parada. All right. Okay. I believe so. Yeah. And our buddy regular Scott, who watches NXT, God help you, Scott. Um, he he said that she actually showed some promise, but uh, she was just a big part of the mass cuts that were happening, and she was just a victim of that. And so uh, he was excited that Impact's bringing her in. So maybe she's good. I have no idea. I've never seen her work. I mean, me neither. I mean, a lot of times NXT, it's really more about can you fill the stupid gimmick that Shawn Michaels had from 1996? Right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're one step away from TL Hopper showing up on NXT. Uh, what What is the dirty white boy doing these days? I wonder if he's still working. I just meant the, oh, I'm sure he's working somewhere. Um, <laughs> I don't, I just meant the gimmick of a plumber or yeah. something like that. But I would like to know where one Tony Anthony is, is these mm-hmm. days. I enjoyed the, I enjoyed the dirty white boy in Smoky Mountain Wrestling. He ruled in Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Dead he was wrestling. a, he was a great heel. He was like the Southern redneck, but he'd come out with a Ron Wright in a wheelchair mm-hmm. and they both wore Yankees caps talking about how they were Northerners, <laughs> but their accent was so fucking Tennessee. <laughs> was like when they, it was the opposite of an Arnie. It was like, no, it was like when Arnie yeah. Anderson would wear the Yankee cap too and tell people he was from Minnesota when he was clearly from North Georgia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, next, uh, Giselle Shaw defeated uh, Savannah Evans. So Savannah Evans is uh, going solo here for a little while. Um, wasn't really much of a match. Josiah liked it. Uh, I thought it was okay. Shaw got the victory here by cheating, which is good because she's a heel. Um, not really much to say here. Giselle Shaw cut a promo afterwards, talking all her nonsense, and said that she's uh, she's going to be the best in the world one day. Very generic, but fine. Yeah, it was just it was really a showcase match for Shaw, mm-hmm. um, and because we're not really doing anything with Savannah Evans, but with a name like the Cannibal, I would like to see her look more like a cannibal. 
but she's just the name the cannibal, but in regular wrestling tights, be a cannibal, you know, eat people. Um, or at least bite them. You know? Yeah, you I know, know. It's a terrible... as somebody with as somebody with a Hannibal Lecter tattoo, I take this very personal. I, I think she should come out in the Hannibal Lecter mask, do the whole thing. Fuck it. You have a Hannibal Lecter tattoo? You have not seen that before? No, this is the first time it's come up in conversation. You know, here's the thing. Oh. Mike and I have known each other for years now. We do these shows every week. We've never actually, like, been in the same room. Met, so. We've never met in person. Hold no. on. I don't want to show you my... I'm not showing Mike's, my titties, but hold on. I'm... Mike's stripping on the air. This is not what I expected today when we are doing the show, but now i got to see it. Well, I'll be damned. You do have a Hannibal Lecter tattoo. Those yeah, are my favorite uh... books, like Red Dragon and Silence of the Lambs. Those are excellent, excellent books and really good movies. The next two I, are really so, good. JD, I used to drink a lot. I've heard. You told me. Yeah. And that was one of those decisions that I was like, yep, <laughs> I shouldn't be drinking anymore. <laughs> you woke up and had an animal electric tattoo on your back? That it wasn't happened? that I woke up. Like, my, my cousin and I, my cousin was a tattoo artist. And we're we're in his house and we're, we're drinking some beers. And I think he was working on my stereo or something because he could do stereos too. And so I looked at his I looked at his leg and he had a Michael Myers tattoo on one leg and he had a slash from Guns N' Roses on the other leg. And I was like, oh man, those are so badass. He's like, where'd you get those done? And he goes, Bro, I did these tattoos. So he did his own tattoo on his own leg. That's really impressive. Like, and at that point he had already he had done a couple of tattoos for me before. But I was like, man, that'd be cool to have a horror movie guy on my on my back or something like that. And he starts buttering me up at that point because I think he's seeing a payday. And so next thing you know, we're like we're like twelve deep a piece, and uh, he's on my back tattooing Hannibal Lecter, and uh, I was about to give him money, and he said, he "said this is the best tattoo I've ever done. No money, this is free." And so I didn't even pay for it. So it was just my cousin hooked it up, um, and uh, yeah, uh, he loves that. He loves the tattoo to this day. He still shows it to all his friends. It's a good looking tattoo. It. It's a really good yeah. looking tattoo. If you get like up on it, like the detail of it is really fucking good. The I, problem is, is I met my wife a few years later when I after I stopped drinking, I met my wife, and one of our first dates were at a were at a hot tub, and then she sees the tattoo, and then I'm like. I got to tell her the story now. And so, and she does not like Hannibal Lecter. She does not like horror movies. She doesn't like anything like that. So um, we can see that we're polar opposites. Fortunately, it's on your back. So neither of you really need to look at it very often, you know? Yeah, that's, that's true. It does scare small children at the beach sometimes, but that's okay. Sometimes it's good to scare small children. They need to be frightened more often, quite frankly. Yeah. That being said, yeah. that's a good tattoo. I'm a big fan. Yeah. Hannibal Lecter, one of the great, greatest characters in fiction. Ever, ever, ever. Mm -hmm. um, Shaw, oh yeah, Shaw grabbed the mic and owned the new nickname of the Black Widow, so that's her new nickname. Uh, Shaw didn't care about uh, failing in several tag teams, driving them out of Impact. She's now focused on being a singles wrestler going forward and going after the Impact Knockouts World Championship. Because she, she kills tag teams. I like it. Okay. I yeah. just got that, by the way. <laughs> um, yeah, the cannibal. You need to like, you need to live up to that if you're going to call yourself the cannibal. It just can't just yes. be like, you know, oh, I'm a cannibal. Yeah, yeah. You know, you gotta bite people or be evil or do the, the thing. Yeah, do some, yeah, with some Chianti. Yeah. All right, uh, Kenny King walked into the building, um, and he, there were some guys. Aiden Prince was one of the guys. They were talking about how great Rich Swan was, and he got all butthurt about it. Um, talked some shit to those guys, and then he came down, uh, walked down a little bit more, and he saw Zicky Dice and John Swinger laughing at him. And uh, next thing you know, he's challenging a Swinger to a fight. So. Uh, we're going to get Swinger and Kenny King later. That's fine. 
Sorry, the butter thing was better than the Skegman, but yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Santino confirmed the match with King and Swinger. Steve Macklin walked up and asked to be added to the match with the Swan and Alexander Morella refused and informed Macklin he would be in a qualifying match where he had advanced to a four-way match at a surrender where there would be a number one contender. So we got like a little mini tournament for Macklin to win. So I, I can I can get behind that. If they keep pushing Macklin, it's going to be like in Rambo 1. Where he's just going to start slaughtering everybody, which yeah, I'm a I fan think, of, by the way. I keep saying Yeah, I'm a fan. I'd be fine with it. Yeah. Um, Dangle walked up and uh, offered to be Morella's assistant dictator of authority if you let Dangle be in the qualifying match. But Morella said, you were already in the qualifying match. Please leave. And then uh, Dangle tried to hug him as he walked away. I'm just not going to say anything about Dangle and hold on. I thought it's the, the Patreon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Crazy Steve defeated Nova superstar Sheldon Jean. Um, <laughs> what? What? A, speaking of workers, what a worker! You have a one match there. It's 2017. You keep Noah wrestler in your in your Twitter bio forever. I respect it. I well, respect and he fooled he, he fooled an amateur podcaster with that gimmick. So good for him. Um, but yeah, but it was this was just a showcase match for Steve. He he uh, got the Belladonna's kiss on Sheldon Jean after a couple minutes. Sheldon Jean's a big guy, so yeah. if he continues to improve, he might he might could be somebody for this this uh, crew here. But uh, um, after the match, uh, Trey Miguel ran down to the ring and threw Taurus into the ring post before trying to tag Steve. But crazy Steve bit Miguel, stole the spray paint, and then spray painted himself. And we got a crazy Steve chant. Oh, you know what I forgot to mention at the top of the show before we got they switched the hard cam from facing the stage. To the actual crowd, the crowd was lit up a little bit, and they were ascending to the top like the old days at the Impact Zone. I loved it. I thought it looked great. We could hear the crowd. We could see the crowd. It's not the same 15 dorks that sit there right by the stage. Amazing. Saw the crowd in six different shades because, again, we can't white balance the camera. Hey, six baby steps, steps JD. No, baby no, that, steps, that's a baby step backwards, <laughs> goddammit. You set the thing right, you light it up, and you can't tell your fucking cameraman to press the white. It's a button. It's literally a button on a camera. I'm about to go grab a camera and show everybody how easy it is to white balance a fucking camera all you do like there's presets where you could tell it what color temperature or you could set it by hand by holding a white sheet of paper in front of the lens and telling it that's white that's it man it's not hard and then if you fuck it up the editors should be able to color correct this thing is shot to tape like i just yeah it drives me crazy man it tries to take two weeks ago yes (laughs) like why are we so half-assed with this stuff man like you won't know. People keep telling me, oh, Impact, oh, now, uh, Anthem has all this money. They could spend all this money. They might mm-hmm. buy WWE. They can't white balance the cameras, man. <laughs> Wait, but, like, look, small victory. We're, the hard cam's not facing the stage. I've been asking for that for a while. It's facing the crowd, and the crowd's in the background. In different shades of colors, but at least they're in the background of the, of the main shot. It'll be black and white next week because we won't remember to shoot <laughs> Yeah, I think we got a, the video editor. He is always on Twitter. We could probably just tweet him, like, hey, you forgot the white balance again, shithead. Well, he doesn't have the white balance. Don't blame white balance, but he can color well, correct. He, white balance uh, yeah, is color done, correct. White balance is done in camera. Color correction is done in editing. I am I teach video production one. I showed them one of my own documentaries today because I'm an egomaniac. <laughs> uh, Jordan Grace was with Jim Miller and commented about getting a rematch for the knockout title soon. But Grace was also going to welcome Steph DeLander to Impact next week. I get the feeling Steph DeLander is going to take an L next week. Yeah. 
And she should, quite frankly. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Lose on your way in. Build her up. Build um, Santino Morello was back. Again, fucking Santino. But this, this was the segment of the night, I would say. Santino was backstage, and he saw he saw Raven Ravan, as they called him, and was and uh, he sat down with him and asked how he could be a success in his position since Raven was a Mensa level genius. Raven said, "You want to make money in this business, kid? You want to make money for this company? Give me the belt, make me the world champion." <laughs> I laughed my ass off when he said that because I could see like him actually saying something like that, getting getting signed to a promotion. So I think this is a play on uh, a famous Brian Gwert story when uh, he had his issues with Hardcore Holly and Hardcore Holly was complaining about, <laughs> about he goes, well, what, what ideas? He goes, I got an idea. Give me the belt. And he just Get, yelled at him like that. Yeah. He goes, and he's like, okay. And so that's a kind of a, a famous <laughs> apocryphal story that floats from wrestling circles. So I think that might have been an inspiration for it. It made me laugh, though. Raven doing it with a straight face was funny. <laughs> yeah. And then Marilla said, uh, okay, I'll think about it. And then he just walked off. And then all of a sudden, the Yete, Ron Reese of the flock, walked up and asked if they were getting the flock back together. And then uh, and then uh, Raven – I can't remember what Raven said. And then he called him Ron Yeti. Reese, Yeti. Yeti, oh, yeah. yeah. Stop it, Yeti, or shut up, Yeti. And then Ron goes – you know, it really hurts my feelings when you talk to me like that. <laughs> and, then, and then it was just like, just awkward after that. And then they cut away. I loved it. <laughs> it turns out Ron Reese or Ron Rice actually uh, is funny. Like, yeah, a part of me is like, oh, we could have had this instead of him dry humping Hulk Hogan, <laughs> which we got. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then he was, you know, wearing his uh, Kurt Cobain outfit, but as a seven footer, as a member of the flock. So mm-hmm. But uh, he he wrestled Goldberg, and that was awesome, by the way. Like Goldberg, Goldberg doing his power moves on him. Tossed around this gigantic <laughs> human being. Those were great. Yeah. Goldberg squash yeah. matches were the best. Um, were. I don't know. What was your thought of Raven's flock? I liked it, uh, but it did run its course. It I thought rather soon. Um, but I really did. I dug the whole thing. I liked I liked Lodi, Billy Kidman. I liked Sick Boy. Um, all, all those guys, Ron Reese, of course. Um, I, I really enjoyed Raven's gimmick there in WCW. It just didn't last long. No, the sa- the Saturn angle was always really fun too. Like I, I like that. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. I, I think whenever he wrestled Saturn, I want to say Fall Brawl 1998. That was probably the that was probably the end of it. And then Saturn went to um there was this whole deal where Saturn stole Vampiro's gimmick where Vampiro wanted to wear leather skirts to the ring. And so Saturn stole it. And then he started wearing the skirts and then like the whole thing just went to shit after that. It was the whole, like uh, the, that feud died. And I think Raven ended up back in ECW and then he went to WWF. Yeah. Well, they, uh, that was when Bischoff's like, who wants to leave this company? You guys talk a game. Who actually wants to leave? You get your release right now. So Raven goes, I want to go. And he walked out of the room. <laughs> Good old yeah. Scotty. And then he went back Good to WWE. St- this is great, too. He goes back to WWE. And Vince McMahon goes, who the hell hired Johnny Polo? Like, <laughs> he was buried for the whole rest of his tenure. That God, Raven's got the – Raven should write a book. I would read you a know- book by Scott Levy. I really would. He's had a great – like, greatest and super interesting career. I would totally yeah. do that. I, I would because I tried listening to his podcast, but because he just – talks into his computer and it's usually very far away it's like sounds like it's going through a tin can i just couldn't stick with it he's got this kind of annoying voice where it's like <laughs> a little like gilbert godfrey where like i would much rather read his thoughts than like actually have to listen to them you know yeah, yeah. um this is where the show essentially takes a trip off a cliff bully ray oh, came out and talked about how everyone hated him 
Well, um, and then Warren Santino Morello, what happens when people cross him like Demore did and bully targeted Dreamer, saying that Dreamer was not trustworthy and that he'd been lying to all the fans forever, calling him a snake, yada, yada, yada. Said he didn't like him for in ECW naming all the places they worked at, including Busted Open. Mickey James came down, um, said she was going to ruin his segment like he ruined hers. Um, they they had a little back and forth. Ray called her a tramp and then body slammed her and then was going to put her through a table before Tommy Dreamer uh, made the save there. And then uh, Santino came out and made a match for next week. Uh, so another Santino segment where it's Mickey James and Tommy Dreamer versus the good hands. So there I feel you like, go. I feel like we're building toward this eventual Mickey Bubba match for the knockouts title, <laughs> right? That's, what, yeah. that's where this is Let, leading to. I feel, yeah. What else could it be, right? Right. Well, I, I mean, obviously, we're. I, I think we're going to get Bully and Tommy Dreamer at No Surrender, clearly, and then um, Nick Aldis might come come into the company eventually. I don't know, that. man. We've been trying to. We've been saying that for a long time. Yeah. And I don't think it's going to happen. I, I honestly, I, Mike, I'm with I, you. Honestly, I do think we're going to get Bubba versus Mickey James. I do think that's going to happen. I I could kidding. see that. Yeah. No, I I could totally see that. Yeah. Yeah, I think that, and then he'll put her over, and then he'll get to act like he does all these jobs and how wonderful he is for the business because he's a carny and he's really good at being yeah. a carny. You know? <laughs> he really is. He really is. He's gotten so many undeserved paychecks over the years. He's he's um, a master of it, including the guy who is our director of authority. By the way, director of authority is DOA, which also means dead and arrival. Isn't that hilarious? Isn't that hilarious? <laughs> I, what, what a I great think, job. I think that was the idea behind it. Speaking of dead oh, and arrival. Um, Killer Kelly cut a promo on Taylor Wilde saying they're going to face each other. Wilde walked up, said the future was actually as a tag team, and then Rosemary teleported onto the screen with the Death Dolls and then accepted the match. I hate it up to this point. I hated this whole thing, right? And then um, for whatever reason, and I'm not proud of this, they all just started laughing awkwardly at each other, and it just went on and on. And then eventually I started laughing too, and I was – entertained by it and i'm not proud of it so it's the rakes the, the simpsons right remember the yeah. side show about when he walks in the rake and the first one you chuckle at and he hits the second one and you okay and then he hits the third and the fourth one and you're like okay what is going on here this isn't funny and then he hits the tenth one and you can't stop laughing <laughs> this is one of those things where you just they do it over and over again eventually you start laughing at how stupid it is and that's yeah. what this is. except me i didn't laugh at this i hated watching him with my tv at the moment <laughs> this happened and i go why do i do this why do i hate this freaking show not even yeah. killer kelly can save this at the beginning of the thing, when they teleported in, I was like, I think I'm going to have an MLW podcast soon. <laughs> I was like, this is bad. but <laughs> Which I think we might start talking MLW on this. We show. might have to, so, even though it's, it also sucks. So we'll put yeah. we it. Who, who else is going to talk about it? Why not? Why not us? But uh, I don't think the other um, guy, I don't think the other guy can talk about it. No, I don't think so. Um, Kenny King defeated Swinger. So there you go. Short squash. Um and then, uh, yeah, and then we got Bully Ray walked up to Slamovich in the back, said that Mickey was being disrespectful to her, and Ray promised Slamovich was going to be the next Knockouts champion. Um, so, yeah, he was trying to manipulate her, um, get her all riled up, but then she started yelling at him in Russian, and uh, Ray didn't understand, but he seemed like he knew what was going on, so. Whatever, man. Like, <laughs> I have no, I'm watching this, I'm like, she's yelling in Russian, he's like, being Bubba like this, what, yeah. what, whatever, man. What? It's, yeah. I don't it's know if this shows. I don't know if this shows for me anymore. Keep going. 
Yeah. Major players. So this one was cool. Major players called everyone backstage around. So he's going to debut. Uh, Cardona was going to debut a new music video. It was a rap video. It was one of the most horrendous rap songs I've ever heard in my life. And it was fantastic. I, I loved really it. Hard. <laughs> I really and hard. He, said, he said he was going to date Joe Hendry's mom. And then, uh, <laughs> no. And then like, it, then they cut away, they cut away from the music video and then he turns around thinking he's going to get a bunch of applause and it's just one guy. And he goes, you're going to date Hendry's mom? What's your wife going to think about that? And he goes, no, it was a sick burn. <laughs> That's just, you know what I like about Cardona is that he totally steers into being a complete and total doofus. And yeah. he's so good at it. Like, mm-hmm. I love it. I do. I love it. I, yeah. I, and- I was ready to shit all over this and I couldn't stop laughing. So <laughs> well done, Matt Cardona. Again, you win me over. He always does. Mm-hmm. Uh, main event time. We got the design uh, with Callahan, Diener, Angels, and Khan defeating Josh Alexander, Frankie Gazarian, Rich Swan, and Yummy Mora um, with uh, Callahan getting the pin over Yuri Mora. I thought this was a pretty damn good match. It, was good match. Um, it wasn't as good as the opening match, but I thought this was pretty damn good. And we needed a good match to close the show because I thought in between the first match and the last match, it was a lot of dog shit. Outside of the major players and the Raven segment, it was a lot of just shitty stuff in the middle. So we sandwiched it with two good matches, but I think we needed the match to make the show better because it was not good up until this point. Yeah, sometimes it's just, I feel like this company doesn't know what it is all the time. Sometimes it feels like we want to be a work rate company. Sometimes I feel like we're doing WWE style storylines. And then you got like the Muppet show. This this was leaned into being very much yeah. a Muppet show episode. But a lot of the stuff wasn't working for me. Honestly, Matt Cardona saved the show for me. I was ready to be like, I hate this entire show. And then I laughed at Matt Cardona, and that made me feel good about life again. So, yeah. Yeah. Match is yeah. good, though. Match is Match good. Is good. I thought you and Moore looked great. Um, he did a move to Big Con that was awesome. That uh, that class in New Japan, when they become main eventers, is going to be something with him and Umino and Ren Narita. Like uh, Yoda Suji, who might be the best one of them all. Like, mm. it's a good group, man. It's a really good group. It really is a good group. Well, hey, guys, uh, that's going to do it for us here on um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and uh, YouTube. So head on over to patreon.com slash fightgamemedia. I'm going to text Scott, man. Scott, I see that you're in the green room. We're going to go ahead and bring you on here in a second. Made him um, wait long yeah. enough. Yeah, man. I'm going to say uh, come on in to him. Um, so we're, we're going to head over to Patreon and Patreon stick around, get ahead of the postage rate increases this year with stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code program for a four week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code program.